The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. And Rob Golfie is a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You know where to go. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can follow the Golfie team on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Is the phone number to call again? 905-575-7700. If you want to sell your home in what is uh, maybe m- one of the most intriguing, interesting uh, red hot markets on the planet, call the Golfie team today. 905-575-7700. And remember. Golfie not only gets it sold, but they do so safely during this COVID-19 pandemic. Lots to get to today. We'll talk about Toronto's real estate market. Is it ready to come crashing down? We'll talk about renters, many of them in a bind during the pandemic. There's a letter that an individual wrote, a very heartwarming and well-written letter that uh, a uh, prospective buyer sent to Rob and the Golfie family. We'll also talk about... One of Hamilton's oldest homes has a new owner. But we will begin today uh, with the Hamilton Burlington Marketplace. What is the latest greatest in this area? So I, I'm, I'm always bringing up the numbers uh, uh, from the first 20 days of last month, March, versus the first 20 days of April. And things are changing. And it, I mean, it's, it, they're adjusting. And it's, it's not crashing, but they're adjusting. So, for instance, in Hamilton, uh, in the first 20 days in uh, March, they sold 797 homes. The first 20 days of April, 733. So we're 8% down in unit sales. Now, in March, in the first 20 days, the average sale price for a home was 793937 Well, in April, the first 20 days, it's 775550 So we're down about 2%. Um, so it's adjusting, but we're still way up from always, but it's just adjusting. So, um, now in Burlington, now in March, the first 20 days, they sold 281 homes, uh, April first 20 days, 248. So they're down 12% in Burlington. Hmm. Now Burlington in March, the first 20 days, 1,123,315. Now in, in, uh, Burlington, the first 20 days, 1,083,078. They're down 4% uh, month to month. Now, Brantford, 137 homes sold in the first 20 days in March, 149 in April. So they're up 9%. And uh, so the average price in March, uh, the first 20 days, 640117 Now, in April, it's 632806 So they're down 1%. 
on um, average sale price, and but they're up 9% in unit sales. But look at this, Niagara. In March, they sold 684 homes in the first 20 days. In April, 753. So they're 10% up in uh, amount of homes sold. In first 20 days in March, the average sale price in Niagara was 688880 Now, in April, the first 20 days, 708000 They're up 3%. The only area that's up. So Niagara still has... It's still rocking out there. They're still rocking in uh, in numbers. It's just because it's affordable. Um, I know that on average, when we have a house for sale, uh, especially in Niagara, um, we're get fifty percent of the business cards that are left are Toronto agents, Mississauga, Toronto, and all all over the GTA. So they're coming. They're migrating to uh, Niagara, especially Niagara Falls. It's a hot spot. I don't know how much longer it's going to, you know, before it tapers off, but it is it is a hot spot for uh, GTA uh, people moving into uh, the Niagara Peninsula. What would you say, and I know each home is different, but what would you say would be the ultimate high point in terms of price in Niagara right now? And I, I know they have so many different types of homes because it is an older city, but what what would be the max going forward here? I, I what I think is you, you're getting what we're, what we're getting in in uh, Niagara. Um, is that we, we're getting the retired immigrant uh, couple mm-hmm. that are selling their house in Toronto, which could be you know 1.2, 1.5 million that they've lived in for for a long time, and they're coming to Niagara Falls, St. Catharines, or Welland, and buying somewhere between I'd say between 550 to 800 thousand, but they're they're staying closer to the under the 700 mark, uh, especially if it's a if it's a young I mean, a retired immigrant uh, couple. Uh, they're ca- they're cashing in, and uh, and I've met some of these people uh, that that were with their agents, and um, really nice people. Like it's so hard to see so many retired couples looking to buy a house, and only one of them is going to get it. And uh, but that's 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 you know where where the, the craziness is going is because we're getting all these GTA buyers. Uh, coming in, buying in Niagara, which is making it difficult for the local buyer. And it's it's making it tough. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know, you know, if, if the local buyer is going to be able to afford to buy a house, even in Niagara Falls. Hmm. And, and it's becoming difficult. So where is the local buyer in Niagara Falls going? I mean, if you're if you're renting right now in Niagara Falls, you're, are, are you looking to Welland? Are you looking to Fort Erie? Uh, they're looking in their parents' basement right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where, you know what, that's, you know, the first-time buyer, uh, if, if they're, you know, from Niagara, uh, it's, it's, you know, they don't have the, the GTA wages, so they're trying to uh, put an offer in on houses, and they're up against Toronto agents, mm-hmm. um, and it's becoming difficult. And now, here's the difference. Now, it, the the Toronto buyer is coming in in cash, especially if they're retired. They're paying cash. They don't even need financing, nothing. The first-time buyer in Niagara needs to, to financing. They have to do an appraisal and everything. So you've got to really be careful if you accept an offer from a local buyer that's only coming in with 5% down. If it doesn't appraise, we got problems. we got to put the house back on the market. Uh, or unless the the buyer, I mean, he's obligated to a contract. He can be in a lot of trouble. He may have to find more money to to offset the difference. 
and uh, and that's and and, that, and that's why you got to be very careful as a realtor representing your seller. And you know those first-time home buyers, whether it's in Niagara or Hamilton or whatever the case is, when you're going up against uh, you know a retired couple who've made you know a, a lot of money over the years, they've sold their home in the GTA, which is going to give them that much more money uh, that they can trump pretty much any offer. So the local buyers really at a disadvantage. Oh, big time, big time, and like we had uh, like like my parents' house up for sale, and uh, I put it at five hundred thousand. And we were holding offers and we held offers, uh, till this past Monday. And uh, we had uh, 11 offers. Uh, I thought we would get over 600, uh, for sure, but it didn't. So, so now the buyers are very selective in how much they're going over. We went, we got, we actually got 90,000 over asking, which was pretty good. I thought we were going to get over 600. Now, if we had my parents' house up for sale, um, like let's say a month and a half ago, I bet yeah we would have probably got six and a quarter maybe more. Hmm. I that that's the difference. Now it, I'm not saying the market's gone down. I'm just saying hey it's it's settling. It's it's gotta it can't just keep going going the way it's going. But uh but it always will. It, it's always going to be higher than it was last year and the year before. But but uh, but you don't know. And I had a guy that was op- actually offering us verbally, not on paper, six hundred thousand. And I said, I think my, you know, my parents want to wait. And, uh, but we ended up at 590. So, so I could have taken that 600,000 if he did put it on paper. And then, but then in the back of our mind, we would always thought, did we cash out too early? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the hard part about this business about selling your house is like, do you take the preemptive offer or the bully offer as we call it, or do we wait to that day? And, um, and I told my parents, I says, we got to get this house going right away because the market's changing. And I says, we got to get it. So I rushed and rushed and rushed and trying to get everything together. Got the virtual tour, the photographs, everything. I got everything done and we still, we still made it, uh, still made it pretty good. Now I have a friend of mine, they have a house we're putting up for sale and, um, uh, their son, uh, has got, uh, he's got contact with Clovis, so we can't do anything about it. So we have to wait until that's over with. So he may miss the mark. <laughs> he may miss it. And, uh, and, 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 and my buddy is going, Rob, what's going on? I go, I, we can't send anybody there. I'm sorry. I says it, you know, there's not, you, you guys have to be, have to have a clear bill, bill of health before we actually send anybody to your house. So that like, and I'm sure people are going through that right now. And, uh, so, and that could, and that could cause, cause him probably 10, 10, 20, maybe $50,000 difference in his sale price, possibly. Such so, a, such a fine line because you never know what that next offer is going to be. It could be 10, 20, $25,000 more, or it could be less. I mean, there's not really a sure thing either way. It, it, you don't know. Like, like the, that verbal, the verbal deal I got for 600 on my parents' house. I, 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 I mentioned it to my parents. I said, you know what, somebody, you know, is thinking of offering 600. Um, what are you guys thinking? And they're like, you know, they don't, they're, they're looking for my guidance. And I said, you know, like maybe let's just, uh, wait and, uh, and see, but, uh, nobody was willing to come over 600, uh, on that offer date. And, and that's, and that's, and that's tough. And that's tough when, uh, when, when you have your house for sale and, you know, cause you don't know what the, the next day is going to bring. Right. So do you go, do you jump on it now? And, and everybody, and everybody's mind, like everybody's a realtor out there. Everybody, 
everybody that has a friend or a relative, they're all realtors because they're all giving them advice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. Like everybody's all, all of a sudden an expert. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a funny game to play. Definitely. And that advice could be helpful, but it could also be hurtful as well to the, to the home sellers. Absolutely. And I've seen, I've seen some people, we had some people refuse an offer and now, now they're kicking themselves, not mm-hmm. taking it. And they, uh, you know, like, so you gotta be very careful. And, and like the way I operate, I, I, I tell them, listen, this is what's going to happen. Here's how, what's going to go on. I says, you may be, you know, like, like saying, wow, you know, we're, we're lucky. We like, a week later, they're going to get a lot less than what they were offered. And, uh, and, 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 and we're going through that right now with somebody. We, we told him this is a great offer. You should take it. They didn't take it. Wow. So he's willing to roll the dice. This guy, we have one client willing to roll the dice. There was uh, an interesting twist to the uh, sale of the uh, Golfy homestead, so to speak. We'll get to that when we come back. We'll also talk about one of Hamilton's oldest homes now has a new owner. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call them today, 905-575-7700. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Follow the Golfy team on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have a question for the Golfie team or you have a topic idea that you would like us to chew on on a future program, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Still to come, is Toronto's real estate market ready to crash? And we'll talk about one of Hamilton's oldest homes now has a new owner. Um, Just before the break in our first segment, we were talking about selling your parents' home. Uh, that is certainly a, a process and an ordeal, but there's an interesting twist to that is one of the prospective buyers actually sat down and wrote you a letter. And uh, okay. it, it really brought back a lot of memories for me, and I'm sure it, it opened up the floodgates for you as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like this, uh, he was a 29-year-old uh, kid that wanted to buy uh, my uh, my parents' house, and he had, uh, like like, his parents... Uh, or Italian, and his grandparents were immigrants. So he went through the same thing my kids went through, going to their Nona Nona's house mm-hmm. and, you know, having, you know, spaghetti in the garden and, and having the kitchen in the basement, the whole deal. And uh, my mom was reading this, and she was in tears. <laughs> my mom was in tears. It was a great letter. Yes. It's, it's like like a, a fantastic letter. Yeah. And I was also, I'm, I was also like, I, you know, I'm letting my parents go. I have to go if you want to 
know this guy. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, so, but, but before, it, before it you get to the great letter, bef- it, it was a great letter. Yeah. Before you get to the end of the story, because there is an ending to this, let me read the letter, yeah. and then I'll get I'll get some reflections from you uh, as well. And I'll leave out some of the particulars in, in terms of who this person is. We don't you know embarrass the person or anything. But it starts with uh, dear Mr. Rob Golfian family. My name is Rob. He's 29 years old. Currently works as a GM at a restaurant at a hotel in uh, Niagara Falls. Like many others, I had the opportunity to take a walk through your home and in, in instantly felt a connection. It immediately reminded me of walking into my Nona and Nono's home from the photos on the walls, the crosses and rosaries above the beds, the Italian dictionary slash Bible on the coffee tables, the garden in the backyard, and the kitchen in the basement. I can sense the amount of love and memories made in this home and the values that were instilled upon you and your family with your Italian background, much like my upbringing. As a child, I'd find myself faking sick from school and calling Nona to pick me up to spend time there, mostly because I knew I would be fed and she wouldn't ask questions. I spent summers at their home with my older sister and younger cousins, watching prices right with Nono, picking cherries from the tree in the backyard, learning how to cut the grass, and mostly finding ways to get us into trouble, being led to be chased around uh, the home by Nono with the wooden spoon, the rake, a shovel, or a slipper. All out of love, of course. My Nona and Nono were hardworking people immigrating to Canada, not speaking a word of English, and raising three girls and six grandkids. The values and lessons I've learned in life are largely in part to my Italian background and upbringing. I understand this home has been a big part of yours and your family's life and how difficult it will be to part ways with. The value in this home and memories made here are beyond any value that I can offer you. What I can do is promise you that your home will always be cared for. Your memories will not be forgotten. The driveway will always be watered and the garden will always be full. Your home will always be one that stands out in the crescent and this will always be your home. Oh, and you will always be given a fresh bundle of tomatoes for when you visit. This is a huge step for me as I'm taking the next step in my life and moving out of my parents' home. My hopes one day will be to raise a family in your home and create our own memories and where I can teach my children the lessons and values on which I was raised on and also leave the lawnmower running outside my son's window after a late night of partying. But first, I need to find a nice girl with money, as Nona would say. Thank you for your time and the opportunity to go through your home. I truly hope you find the right person and your home goes to a person that you can trust to take care of uh, as you all once have. Sincerely, Rob. So a heartfelt, very well-written, memory-filled kind of letter to you and your family. Oh, absolutely. It was uh, was touching, very touching. And uh, so we were trying to push and try to get that deal for that guy. Now, it made a difference. We had 11 offers. And, uh, out of the 11, like there was a few that came in with a condition and he had a condition on financing in there. So I called his agent and I said, Hey, you know, his, his agent's name was Daniel. I said, Daniel, I go, is there any way your guy can remove his condition? And he goes, no, he, he doesn't want to. He's like, you know, he's got to make sure like, you know, he's just scared to do that. And I said, I get it. I get it. So that was, that was one, one thing that was a little hiccup because he wasn't going to move the condition. And, and at the time he was only 5,000 different. And I, and I think, I think if he didn't have a condition in there, we probably would have went, went with that one. But then after, then after, uh, somebody came to the table and said, Hey, I'm willing to go to 590. And, uh, so he said, okay, well now, you know, they're, they're $10,000 difference, but here's, here's the thing as, as a realtor, um, 
yes, emotions, you, 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 you want to get the right person. I wanted to sell it to the local guy. I did. And, but so now we're 10,000 apart plus a condition. Hmm. Now here's the difference, uh, Rick, is that if I took the other offer, which was great, but what if the appraiser didn't appraise it and we would have lost everything. It would, it would have been, we, everything would have been all gone. So like if I'm representing you as a seller, you'd want, yes, the letter is great and it does hold weight to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but then you don't want, you want to make sure it's going to close when it closes. So the couple of things I told uh, my parents, I said, well, this, I, I, I want to make it with this guy, but the thing is he's probably going in with five or 10% down. He definitely has to get financing and he definitely has to get an appraisal done. And we know now appraisers are getting a little bit uh, leery on things. They're not appraising uh, houses as, as they were before. So, so the banks have probably put a little bit of a uh, strain on, on the appraisers. So we went with the older couple uh, that uh, was uh, put the offer in at 590. And we knew they were coming in with cash. Basically, I mean cash. There's no financing in there. They sold their house in North York. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're retired already. But now they're going to, you know, want to move to Niagara Falls and spend the rest of their life there. Mm-hmm. So in all this, um, the letter did hold weight for me to work with that agent. Okay. So if, if, if you're looking, if you're a buyer, yes, write the letter because it holds weight. But if it's too far apart, if there's, if it's not close, um, it, uh, you just, it, you just only so far you can go. But, um, the one thing is we always try to get the local agent, um, you know, that if I know the deal, but money talks, right? So you want to go, you know, the sellers always want to go at the top dollar and the, in the Toronto agents and the Toronto buyers, they're coming in aggressively with their numbers. And, uh, so anyway, that's, well, uh, that, that, that's the sad story of the, that young guy that wrote the letter, <laughs> yeah. but happy story for my parents. They did well on the price on their house and, um, and life goes on. Yeah. Fan- fantastic letter. Number one, but number two, you know, as an experienced agent, you've dealt with, you know, a range of emotions from so many people and this obviously being so much more closer to home because it's your parents, it's your, you know, parents' home. Um, you were able to separate the emotional, um, aspect of this deal and getting the best deal for your client, which happened to be your parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you have to be, uh, not emotional, like emotions hurt deals. And that's why people hire realtors, right? If you, if you're negotiating on your own behalf, sometimes you, you can mess up the deal, but it's better to get somebody else to, uh, negotiate on your, on your behalf. So, I mean, I, 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 w- I thought we would get over six. We didn't. And, uh, but I'll tell you, six, probably six weeks ago, we probably would have got over 600000 for that. So I still think my parents cashed out. I don't think my parents' house is worth more, in, in my opinion, probably five fifty, five and a quarter to five fifty, where the actual real, real evaluation on that house would be. So they did extremely well. And, and there's a way to do it. So if you've got anybody out there that's listening, and you still can get, multiple offers in this market, but you just got to know how to do it right. And that's the key factor is the right way to get top dollar. And to do that, you got to go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. And follow the Golfie team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Let's switch gears and talk about one of Hamilton's oldest homes now has a new owner. So this is, am I pronouncing it right, the Rake House? Yeah, like, so, um, I, I, 
you're, you're probably better than me, Rick. You've got the, uh, you're the, you're the, uh, uh, announcer. So, so this, this house has been in the family, I think for a long time. Generations. I, 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 yeah. It, it's on 179 Mary street. It was built in 1845. That's one year before Hamilton would become a city and 22 years before confederation. So this is, this is an old home. This is an old house, and uh, and I, I I figured they said there's about what twenty of them in uh, in uh, is it twenty of them or, or more in uh, in the Hamilton area, uh, and uh, the great thing is is sometimes people don't know what it is, but that that's nice to have that piece of history. And I sent you the pictures of down of down. Did you see the fireplace? Uh, I'm not sure if you looked through the pictures at all. But yeah, it's the, phenomenal. The fireplace downstairs, and they said that was like uh, a servants' quarters downstairs. Wow. And uh, so so. This house is a bungalow, and, and, and there's all two stories all surrounding it. So mm-hmm. um, it was built by, um, I guess, a carpenter of, uh, from the original people that, that built it. Uh, they figured they built it, and they were Irish. And, uh, so they, and they did uh, some nice carvings on the front porch and everything. So 179 Mary, Mary Street, that's, it's nice to know that, uh, you know, that kind of history on, on that house. I, I, love, I love the uh, – I, I love – Knowing about different history, about different houses. Um, I remember when I had my house on uh, on Main Street, and it was a century home that was built in 1900. I went way back to, uh, I think it was in the 1600s. Uh, was it 1617? Uh, 1800. Sorry, 1800s, mm-hmm. mid 1800s. It was just a piece of lo- uh, land, and and then and then over time they built a house eventually and all that. I did. I did. It was it was fantastic doing the research. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to go to the. Um, to the city hall or, or to the registry office and, and go through the archives and see where originally where uh, who bought the first parcel land and 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 on and so on. But it's it's uh, it's fantastic. I love I love that piece of history that uh, that uh, they put in the paper around just this past week. So it's a 176 year old house. It's in the Beasley neighborhood. It's uh, one of 40 that are left in Hamilton in, in terms of homes that are built pre Confederation. There's about 100 uh, in the outlying community. Uh, it was listed for 549. And uh, the owner of the home, who is uh, 80 years of old or 80 years of age, her name is Dolores, uh, said, quote, that she, uh, I thought I would never be uh, selling this house. I, uh, her quote is, I thought it would be carried out. <laughs> Meaning yeah. she she thought she was going to pass away in the house and that would be it. But her yeah, yeah. her grandfather bought the house in 1942 from the last of the Rake family. Uh, and Anthony Rake, who was a wagon maker, bought the house in 1865. And it was in his family for obviously generations. But here's a question I want to ask you about this house or houses like this. Because this is a home that was designated under the Ontario Heritage Act. How difficult is it to sell a house that is under the Ontario Heritage Act. You know what? Some people may not want it because they want to do changes to the outside. Um, I don't know, uh, but the way the house stands, they cannot change the exterior of this property. They cannot change it. Um, so some people may uh, say, well, I, if I can't change the exterior, I don't want the house. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think, I think if you're buying a character home, people want that. That's what people actually will fix it to make it look even like it will clean up the woodworking and make, you know, take if there's any paint, like they'll make it better to the original point where it was built. They'll make it the way it was, but make preserve it to a point where it'll go another hundred years without, without uh, rotting away. 
And, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I, to me, it wouldn't bother me if I was buying a house and, uh, you know, and preserving it. I had a house, uh, a, a two, two and a half story, uh, brick Victorian and it had, uh, uh, what do you call it? Slate roof. And I, I redid half the house, uh, all new slate roof. Uh, I wanted to keep it looking like a heritage home. Now that cost me a lot of money to do that, but, uh, but I didn't put shingles on it. So now the next owner will not have to worry, like, doesn't have to worry about the roof ever being replaced. That'll last another hundred years. Now the previous owner to me put slate roof on the back half. I put it on the front half. So now, you know, we kind of shared the expense, um, you know, putting, uh, putting this roof on this house. So, so now that now the owner that bought for me, they're not going to worry about it. And it, and also the next probably five or six owners or 10 owners down the line, won't have to worry about that hmm. roof. Well, and if there's listeners out there who are kind of scratching their heads and wondering where exactly the Beasley neighborhood is, it's basically bordered uh, between Wilson and Barton and James and uh, Wellington. So basically in the heart of, uh, of that downtown kind of north end uh, Hamilton area. Mm-hmm. So a uh, wonderful home if uh, you can still check it out uh, online and uh, see some pictures uh, of it. Uh, and hey, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Still to come, is Toronto's real estate market ready to crash? We'll also talk about many renters are finding themselves in a bind during this pandemic. And a survey is out that shows more than a third of Canadians have given up on owning a home. They've thrown their hands up and they've had enough. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, joined once again by Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. You're calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. Selling your home, you got to go online to robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And follow the Golfy team on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook as well. Hey, if you have a question for the Golfy team or you have a topic idea that you would like Rob to discuss on a future show, send them an email, questions at robgolfy.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfy.com. Still to come, many renters are in a bind during the pandemic. We'll dive into that, but we'll tackle this one. Toronto's red-hot real estate market. Is it going to crash? Is a crash inevitable? Well, the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board just recently said that residential sales surged more than 86% year-over-year in March, with more than 5,100 homes sold. The average selling price spiking by an annualized pace of 21.6% to nearly $1.1 million, $1,097,565. And a recent Angus Institute survey suggests that one-fifth of Canadians are hoping for a home price crash, with 22% desiring 
a 30% decline in valuations. They should be so lucky. Toronto is red hot, but is it time for a crash? Are we going to see it soon? You know what? I, I don't think we'll see a crash. I think we'll just see a small adjustment. Um, you're going to see uh, less home sale. You're, going to see, you're not going to see as many multiple offers. Uh, there's still a shortage of homes out there, but now people are getting a little bit, it's getting to a point where it's becoming, it's hit, hitting the ceiling. And, uh, and I mean, everybody's been waiting and thinking, and there's going to be a crash and it, it, nobody knows where the market's going to go. So nobody expected the market to do this. So, so we're, but I don't think there's going to be a crash. I think there's going to be a small adjustment. We're still going to be up from last year. Um, and I think they'll, you know, people will have some breathing room down the road where, um, they can actually look at a house, do a, and buy, put an offer in, do a home inspection, and go to their bank and sit down and, and make sure that they're buying um, the house at a nice slower pace without being pushed and rushed in, uh, into a house that uh, you know you know they move into that may, they probably think later have buyer's remorse. So it, it's it's hard to tell. Uh, I know there's a shortage of homes out there and there's a lot of buyers out there that are now just, you know, sitting on the, on the wayside, just waiting and see what's happening. Cause they, they got, they lost out on so many offers and they're just saying, forget it. We're done. And they're just going to wait and see what happens. But I, I still think it's going to continue. There'll be an adjustment, but not, uh, not enough to, to make a significant uh, difference in the average sale price. You know, you're going to see the average sale price be strong. Like even us talking about, you know, March versus April, that's telling us the market's cooling a little bit, mm-hmm. which is good. It's cooling. And we need a normalcy in the market because we've had crazy market for a long time since pretty well since October, November. And that's a long stretch of, of having this kind of market. We never, never have a stretch that long. Usually you have a spring market and then it, then it, uh, it, it levels off and then you, uh, to the summer and then you have a little bit of a fall market and then you got the winter and things are run, running smoothly, but not like what we've had here. There's never been a, 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 set, a, a time where there's five months of just frenzy. It's, and that's what we've been going through. And it just kept going up and up. October was great. November was fantastic. December was incredible. January was unbelievable. And February, it just amazed. Like just, you just don't, you can't understand it. And then March, same thing. And now, now things are settling in April. They're settling a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, it just, and nobody knew, nobody knows this. Nobody, I mean, and people, people, people could have, people could have sold their house and, and some people sold their house. And then a month later, it's worth a lot more. And we know we got people that are disappointed and, uh, that, uh, out there that they said, you know what, I should have waited to sell my house. Cause I would have got 50,000 more. But but what happens if it went the other way? We don't know. So um, it, it it's what could have, would have, and should have. But but you know that's just the way the market goes. Yeah, no one has a crystal ball out there. But there are uh, three quotes that I want to read to to you and our listeners uh, regarding this you know potential uh, crash in uh, Toronto. Jason Mercer is the chief market analyst for the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. Uh, who stated in uh, recently that the additional growth could occur due to rising demand 
and limited supply, saying that the potential for double-digit price growth could continue without a meaningful increase in the supply of homes available for sale. This will become more apparent as population growth resumes over the next year. Uh, a Bay Street veteran, David Rosenberg, warned that he thinks Canada's housing bubble today is very much like the subprime mortgage meltdown in the U.S. close to 20 years ago. He says the numbers in Canada on all the metrics are higher now than they were at the peak of the U.S. housing bubble 13 years ago. And finally, Benjamin Tall, who's the deputy chief economist at CIBC, said, quote, if you think Toronto is unaffordable now, you wait. So <laughs> concerning very much for first-time home buyers, but we're going to take a quick break. I'll get you to reflect on those comments, and we'll also talk about renters and how they've been put in a bind during this pandemic. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home, when my thoughts escaping, home, when my music's playing, home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. And one last go around here on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. At one Markland in his studio is Rob Gulfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Gulfy team. You can find them online at robgulfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. The number is 905 575 7700. And follow the Gulfy team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, just before the break, we were talking about the Toronto, the crazy Toronto market, and uh, some are speculating that uh, it could be due for a crash. Others saying, uh, hey, you haven't seen nothing yet. Prices are still going to go up. How is this all impacting what's happening in Hamilton? You know what? It, it, it will impact. And it's gonna, and it just it's like a wave that comes into Hamilton. Um, there is a lot of immigrants that have been okay to come into Canada, but they can't come in just yet, just because of COVID. So the, the government is still, you know, going through the process of people ap- applying to immigrate to ca- immigrate uh, immigrant immigrate to Canada, and what they're doing. So now th- there's going to be a huge wave coming in next year. Mm-hmm. Like all these people that that have been accepted and okay to come to Canada, they're just they're waiting. They're waiting in their own country. Now some of them are, are coming in slowly as we're speaking now, but there's going to be a huge wave. Now you're going to get a huge wave of people looking for rent. And then you're going to see, and you're going to see real estate going up. Now, I truly believe that the market we're going to have a, a, another boom because of that. And then, and, and then everybody's going to be, you know, like like this year. It, 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 you know, some of us think at the it, at the end of the year it's going to change. We're hoping it does. I'm, you know, like we're going we're probably going to go through another summer of, of of limited things that we can do. But at, we're hoping at the end of this year that we can actually start going to doing norm normality here. But Next year, things are going to change, and I think I think, in my personal opinion, we're going to have another boom. And it's it's like how much more can houses go up? It will, just because of the fact immigrants are coming in. Um, think people people are going to be just start working again, and things things are going to start happening. And and people have and people got money, and now the people that do have money are spending it now, not like before. They are spending it. And uh, so 
it's just uh, things that things that are going to continue. Just like the those guys said, wait till wait till you haven't seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a boom next year. Uh, switching gears, uh, renters are or at least some of them are finding uh, the pandemic extra difficult uh, because some landlords have decided to cash in by selling their properties. Uh, according to the executive director of the Federation of Metro Tenants Associations, which is in the GTA, quote, it's a landlord's market right now. However, we should note that uh, renters can't be evicted because a landlord wants to sell. The landlord has to sell the unit or the home or whatever the case is, and then the person who has purchased it wants to move in. And then then you can evict the person. Am, am, am I correct in that? Well, you can, you can evict if, if the person that's buying... Uh, buying the house uh, wants to move in. You can. So what the problem is, is that there's a lot of people that have been staying in their houses for a long time, renting their houses and their rents are low. So for instance, let's say, uh, and I know, I, and I know quite a few people have renters that are paying very low rent. And so now they want to sell. Well, the buyer says, well, the rents are so low. I, it's, I, you know, you got to get rid of this tenant, but they legally, they can't unless they're moving in. Um, so, um, there's, so there's been a lot of things out there. People are paying off tenants. They're giving them, you know, two to $5,000 say, Hey, listen, here's $5,000. Um, I'm going to give you notice and you find another place. But the problem there is, is that the place they're finding is costing them sometimes between 500 to $800 more a month. Hmm. So can you imagine you're so used to paying a certain amount of money for, for renting where you are? And then all of a sudden you move into the next uh, local, next home that you're in and, and your your expenses are $800 or $500 more a month. That That's a big chunk. That, that, that hurts your pocketbook. And that's after taxes, right? Like, like if you're paying $500, you probably have to earn like, you know, $800 to, to pay that extra $500, you know, after taxes. So, so it's becoming a big issue. And, and that's why there's such a shortage of rental rentals out there right now because, a lot of people are getting evicted and a lot of people are buying those houses, but but a lot of uh, landlords are evicting them to, uh, to get more money for their house. Wow. And if a landlord is offering a renter, um, you know, $5,000 basically to move, I mean, that renter is going to burn through that five grand pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. It, it, he'll, he'll, you know what, $5,000 could be a lot of money. And yeah, you're right. It, it'll help them pay for their move. It'll help them find another place, but they're still going to end up paying more money per month renting a house and and that's and that's the hard part and they put a freeze on on evictions or or the rental tribunal uh for courts and stuff so so it's it's a big it's a it's it's a big problem out there between the landlord and tenant act right now it's just it's it's causing a lot of issues out there especially with uh with the new uh new uh new tenants and and tenants that are currently renting houses and they are forced to leave Plum out of time. We won't be able to get to a third of Canadians giving up on owning a home, so we'll get to that next week. We also have an interesting story that we'll touch on next week about two families who have joined forces to buy a house, and now they're learning to live together. So stay tuned for that coming up next week. Rob, thanks for another fantastic show. Have a great week, and thank you for listening to the Gulfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.